the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of life. Amen. I think I know what Haggai was getting at. Who has lived among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? It's all a bit of a mess, says Haggai. The people of Judah have finally returned from exile, but the Jerusalem they came back to had been destroyed by the Babylonians. It wasn't home anymore. They had to rebuild everything, and it was taking a lot longer than they thought. Their initial enthusiasm for rebuilding the temple had faded, and they'd focused inwards to their own problems. Haggai wants Zerubbabel, the governor, to inspire his people again to the task of rebuilding, to help them start working anew on what God had called them to do. But there was a problem. It was all such a mess. And for those who could remember the old temple, the one Solomon had built, and all its glory, it was utterly depressing. They wanted to create a house worthy of the glory of God, and a pile of rubble and some poor foundations stared them in the face. And it wasn't as if there were crowds of them there to do the work. Is it any wonder they weren't getting very far with the rebuilding? They faced a lack of skilled labour, imperfect working conditions, insufficient building materials, and an underfunded budget. And they were still trying to recover from the tragedy of exile that had torn their people apart. No wonder those who look back to the glory and the splendour of the old temple buried their heads in their hands and wept. And I think I know what Haggai was getting at, because this isn't just an architectural moment way back then. It's something that touches our lives today. Because looking back to former glory is something that we can find ourselves doing. We look back to the past, don't we? To the days of overflowing Sunday schools, crowded pews, and a society that reinforced a special place for Christianity within it. Who was left among you that saw this church in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? But I don't mean the building. A lot has changed, perhaps especially here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. It can be tempting to go on about the good old days and hope that somehow things will get back to how they used to be. To a time when everyone seemed to share the same values. The days before pee and people sleeping rough and before student loans and rising house prices and worrying about who will pay our pensions. The good old days when life seemed simpler. How many of us can say we've never done that? <clears throat> and for anyone who might be too young to look back that far, how many are caught up in the messages that our culture and even some churches boast that bigger is better and that size matters? In so many places we hear people saying, we're just a small parish. And they go on to lament their lack of skilled labour and perfect working conditions and sufficient materials and an underfunded budget. How many of us 
need to hear Haggai's message for ourselves. Haggai's people have forgotten, you see, what it was that filled the old temple with such glory. And it wasn't Solomon. And it wasn't even the gold and the silver and all the rich furnishings that had made it so wonderful. It wasn't Solomon, but God that had filled the temple with splendor. And Haggai assures the people that God is every bit as present with them as God was in the glory days of Solomon. That God will fill this house with glory. That they should expect great things because God is with them. Because Haggai says that God operates differently. Haggai insists that size doesn't matter. That God is just as much present in the modest temple they were trying to build as in Solomon's extravagant temple that dazzled the world. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you. Those ancient people way back then sound a lot like us. Trying to do something but getting depressed because it doesn't seem to be working. Being stuck in memories of the past or trapped by bigger is better assumptions. Treating God as a spectator. That's what Haggai's people were doing. Thinking, we're going to build a glorious house, God, for you to come and live in. You know, this sort of thing. We're planning a big project, and when it's almost finished, we'll ask you to come and bless it. Maybe we do something like that. Thinking of our projects and our church life and maybe even our worship as things we do for God, not as things we do with God. Thinking we have to do everything ourselves and that it's all up to us when we're old and tired. Forgetting that God wants to work with us. Haggai is not saying to his people, never look back into the past. He's actually encouraging them to look even further back than the Temple of Solomon. Haggai reminds his people of the promises that God made them when they came out of Egypt. When God transformed them from landless slaves into the people of God and the land that God had given them. A God who had done that in the past and who's still with them is going to go on and do even greater things. When God is with the people, they can look forward in expectation. The people of God, Haggai reminds us, are always living on the edge of new discoveries, of new things that God will do with us. Jesus captures this same sense of newness in today's Gospel reading. The Sadducees were trying to entice Jesus into a theological argument, wanting to catch him out so that he could be condemned by some group or another, by those who believed in the resurrection of the dead or by those who didn't. That's why they came up with the silly story about the woman with the seven husbands, to discredit the whole idea of resurrection. Jesus not only avoids falling into their traps, he opens up the possibility of a new way of doing things, that what happens in the future is going to be different. Like Haggai, Jesus says that God's ways of doing stuff aren't as limited as ours. That transformation is possible. 
that resurrected life and the age to come will be different from the sort of life we have in this age. This is not an architectural moment. It's not about building buildings. True, God's people have always needed outward and visible signs of God's presence with them. That was what the temple was for Haggai's community. We have other signs that God is with us. The water of baptism, the bread and wine of Eucharist. We can let these remind us that God is with us, that God wants to work with us. I get what Haggai is saying. God has done great things in the past, has even transformed a small bunch of slaves into the people of God. God is going to go on and do great things. And God is going to go on and transforming people. Because that is what God does. The God of the past is the God who holds the future. The God not of the dead, but of the living. And this is not really about a theological argument. Whether or not we follow the Sadducees or the others, whether or not we believe in life after death, makes no difference if we don't live a different life before death. What matters is to live every day as people who follow the God of the living, the God who says to us as well as to Haggai's people, take courage, work, for I am with you. If we do that, then we need to get depressed about the present or fearful of the future. Instead, we can go on with confidence into that future, trusting in the God who continues to transform us.